Welcome to In the Hot Seat, Series 2 of the Hospo Health Podcast. I'm Sherry Ring, Chief Happiness Officer of the Tasmanian Hospitality Association and the lead coach for Hospo Health. We have some fantastic guests lined up again for this series, and we'll be getting their take on preventative health and wellbeing from a leadership perspective and what they personally do to keep on top of stress and pressure. Remember to check us out at www.hospohealth.com.au. Thanks for tuning in to In the Hot Seat. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Sherry Ring. I'm the Chief Happiness Officer for the Tasmanian Hospitality Association. This is our new podcast series and we've got the CEO of the Tasmanian Hospitality Association, Steve Old, in the hot seat. Hi, Steve. Sherry, how are you going? Going well. So, Steve, I started my day today at the gym. I did a pretty tough circuit session and um, we've been a bit low on the running over, over winter and we've just started doing a fair bit of running again, so I'm in a whole world of pain here. How did you start your day? Well, and you're also fresh from an overseas trip, so you probably need to get back in. But um, no, I started, I went to the gym, I go to all the aerobics, trying to go four or five times a week. So I get up at quarter to five in the morning and get down to the gym for about an hour and um, do a bit of a workout and it just, you know, one, keep the weight off, tries to make me a bit healthier and stuff. And it was something that I focused on. I used to go for get up and go for a walk in the morning, but... Especially in winter, you could get up and you'd hear the wind blowing or the rain and it'd give you an excuse not to get out of bed and go. So I thought if I join the gym, I have no excuse. So I basically jump in the car um, and go down there. And why do I do it at quarter to five of the morning I get up? I guess the reality was for so long I used to kid myself and say, oh, I'll go after work or I'll go and do this, whatever. Um, and with a, a wife that is a CEO of her, in her own right, I've got kids. Um, it's really you know hard to find the time to do it. So I just worked out and went, the only time I can do this on a regular occurrence is to basically find some new time and the new time being when I'd normally be sleeping. So I just made the decision to get up at quarter to five in the morning and go down there and it's um, started. Yeah, the first week or two is tough, you know, trying to get up at quarter to five. But um, as I said, once I get into the habit of it and stuff, it, to be honest, I'm now at the point where if I don't get up of the morning to do it, I actually feel guilty and don't feel the same yeah. for the day. So I've I know that that's part of the battle is once you get to that point and it's a guilt when you don't go, you're obviously in a better position. So I get up and go down there um, half asleep. There's not too many people in the gym at five o'clock of the morning, but which is great, but I just get on the treadmill or on the bike or whatever it might be. And it sets my zone out. I listen to a podcast. I watch the TV screens and I think about my day ahead and it just makes me feel that when I get home, I make my little daughter's uh, lunch for, for her um, early learning that day. I uh, unpack the dishwasher. I do a few things and then I go and have a shower and I'm ready to go. And I feel like if I miss that, um, I don't feel right for the day. So that's how I started my journey. And um, as I said, I think you'll find most of these podcasts as we do it over the journey is hopefully I've gone to the gym that morning and um, done some, some sort of workout. Otherwise, I might sound a bit flat. You are well hard, I've got to say, getting up before 5am because I, my alarm goes at 5 every morning and I kind of take about half an hour before I get out of bed and, and you know, go to my workout. But you never regret a workout. No, when I grew up, I played sport all my life until a patch I had a bad hip, so I had to stop for a little while, and that thus put on a bit of weight, so I'm a bit susceptible to putting on weight pretty quickly, so I've got to do some sort of exercise to keep myself healthy and stuff, and um, I've always just felt way better when I've done some form of exercise, and yeah, I'm, well, I'm 50 next year, so I'm a bit like I don't play the footy, the cricket, the basketball anymore, but for me, just going for a walk clears the mind for me as much as anything. It makes me feel a lot clearer, and as I said, I, when I'm on the treadmill or going for a walk, my head just spins about, right, what's, what, what's happening in my day 
today? Mm. What am I dealing with? Yeah. What's that meeting about? You know, da, da. So I just, I sort of clear my head or get, or get prepared for the day. Um, it, it's just one of the routines I get in now and it just makes me feel so much better that um, I sort of feel like I'm starting the day early before everyone else is up. I've got my, my day set in my mind as to what I've got to achieve or what I've got to deal with or whatever. And um, as I said, it just makes me feel good and it's my mind clearing moment. But also I just know from a health and wellbeing point of view, it just gets that little bit of exercise in me and makes me feel a whole lot better. And it's a preventative, essentially. 100%. It's something I'm controlling. So, I mean, um, as I said, I think for far too long there was years where I just made excuses to how why I couldn't go. And if I got up in the morning to go for a walk and I heard it raining, there was an excuse not to yeah. go. Where, where go. Where when I booked into the gym and went, and I used to have Guy Franklin and Terry Moore every time I bumped into him every few months go, when are you getting to the yeah. gym? And <laughs> I'd go, no, I'll talk to you soon and I'd palm them off and hope I didn't bump into them again for a while. But then I you know, made the decision to go, no, I've got to do this and I've got to find – a spot where I have no excuse and the gym is there is no excuse the the tag always works for the door there's a roof so yep. it doesn't matter if it rains you get access to it 24 7 so basically there was no excuse so the only yep. excuse was me making one so it's just part about getting your mind around that and as I said like any exercise it's probably the first bit trying to get into that routine but once you get into the routine um, it's fantastic and as I said it's just it's one of those things now if I don't go to the gym every morning I, I, I don't feel I don't feel right for the day so yeah and look amazing to see you walking your talk as well, Steve. So I guess that sort of takes me into a question, Steve. How did you come up with the Host by Health program? Because it's really innovative and, and why is it so important to you? Yeah, look, it's a good question. I mean, why did I come up with it? I guess I just – I'm big on looking at um, where do I want to see – my industry in five, ten years' time. I like to, you know, you can deal with the here and now and you've got to deal with the here and now as a membership organisation, but I'm big on going where do we want to be down the track so that we can plan for that, but also trying to work out how we deal with the with the hurdles that face us. And, you know, one of the things I've listened to for a long time is mental health, and this is before COVID. Mental health was a massive issue in the hospitality industry. It was It's big in society, but no bigger in hospitality because of the, you know, the long hours people work, et cetera. And then, obviously, COVID come along and, you know, made yeah. it even worse for everyone. And I'm a big believer if, if as a leader you can't take the biggest challenge on, then how do you expect someone else to take it on? So, And I certainly don't have all the answers to these things, but I'm happy to, uh, to, to address the issue and go, that's the elephant in the room, we've got to deal with it. I don't have the answer for it, but I, um, I'm going to put my hand up and say, let's address it and find the people that can help us. Obviously, dealing with yourself and other people, it's about finding the right people, but I think it's the whole mental health situation is basically trying to put yourself out of the comfort zone and, and what I think we're going to do with this podcast is interview people that are leaders but have probably either been through mental health issues or, or are happy to address the, the thing is that if you're going to be a leader you've got to take the tough issues on and it is all about preventative health I mean it's got to be about preventative and for too yes. long I think we're reactive in health and Absolutely. I think it's part of the reason we're in such a budget crisis in relation to health. I mean, we can continue to put as much money into the health system as we can. If all we're going to do is keep pumping out prescriptions for people and telling them that, that, you'll, that you'll be all right, but here's another prescription for yeah. you, we're never going to find enough money or fix some of the issues. I think we've got to get to back to being preventive. And so I'm talking to governments all the time about putting more money into health and wellbeing, putting more money into sport and rec and stuff, because it's about getting people active yeah. and all about the preventative side of it. Uh, one of the things I was lucky enough to do once was work for Jim Bacon, the former Premier in 2000. He had a vision for where did we want to see Tasmania by 2020 and he put some amazing leaders around the table. But everyone at the time, I remember looking going, 2020, you know, it's 20 years away. What are you doing? You know, that's out of your political cycle. But Jim was just a visionary in saying that if we're going to make the state better, we need to look to where we want to get to. Then you can start to work out the way you get there. I guess mm. you can work out the path. And that's one of the things I've been big on since and I learned from it is, you know, we've done a hospitality 2030 vision, which is a 
about saying where do we want to be in 2030, getting the industry to tell us that, and then by addressing where you want to get, then you can work out the hurdles you've got to get past to get there. And I think mental health for me is one of those issues that I know is out there. I've probably experienced, you know, at times where I've been stressed. You know, I went through a pretty difficult period in 2018 when we dealt with a, you know, a big election issue on behalf of our members, and it, and it took a toll on me. And I had to take a bit of time out and have a real look at, you know, what it did to me, but what the issues was. And I know I've talked to a lot of friends who have had issues. The thing we've got to do is we've got to not be scared to talk about it. And I think, yeah. you know, I know there's a lot of campaigns that other great people do, Mitch McPherson and others who talk about this issue. But I think it's paramount for leaders like myself and some of the people out there to say we need to talk about it we need to we need to be vulnerable we need to talk about these things and if we're not going to talk about it how do we expect other people to talk about it and I think that's my big focus you know I'd love to see in a couple of years a raft of other industries do similar things to our hospital health program we're going to put the challenge out to a lot of leaders out there in all different industries to to get on board this and it's not only about talking it we've got to walk the walk and I think um, that's the key thing for me is that we can we can talk about it and I think we can continue to talk about it, but the reality is we've got to do something about it. And I, and I think you know, if I can do one small part in that process, uh, you and me in relation to what we do with Hospital Health and we get our hospitality industry in a far better position in 12 months, two years, five years, then I think we've done our part. But let's hope that a lot of other industries do the same. Yeah. So, Steve, you're going to be asking all of the leaders what we are going to call our Quick Fire Five, which is for our listeners to learn a little bit more about each leader. So I think it's important that we start with you. Fire away. So the first question, the vegetable that you least like. Brussels sprout. That's very easy. I don't know. Have you tried the Brussels sprouts at Bawa? In fairness, they're not too bad, but they're still not. Bawa is a magnificent venue, but yeah, it, Brussels it's sprouts. Still Brussels sprouts. still Brussels sprouts. It doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. Uh, a guilty pleasure. Oh, it'd have to be the occasional chocolate occasional iced coffee or the occasional beer yeah i'm definitely with on the chocolate a song so what's a song that gets you moving makes you want to jump up and start dancing <sighs> nothing will get me dancing <laughs> other than probably alcohol uh i love music but i'm not a music fan as a family my, my kids and lisa laugh at me all the time because i'm not a music fan i can't know i can hear a song i like that and they go who who sung that and i've got no idea i'm just i'm hopeless of that but being on the Jack Jumpers board, I'm I'm a tragic Jack Jumpers fan at every game and stuff. The the song they sing at the Jack Jumpers uh, at the end of the game after the Jack Jumpers win is one of the most high vibe and entertaining uh, things you can listen to. So if you've never been to a Jack Jumpers, one get there. Two is listen to the vibe and the and the song done at the end of it um, when we win the March song. It's corny, it's a silly little song, but it, that's the one thing that gets the hairs on the back of my neck sticking up. Oh, I love that. What makes you happy, Steve? Being around my family, uh, seeing my family happy, seeing my family doing things that put a smile on their face and just being around friends and mates having a laugh. I just, you know, I'm a very simple person. I don't like taking life too serious. I mean, you know, I deal with a lot of serious issues and stuff, but I love nothing better than to be around my family or, or mates and just laughing and just talking silly things and joking about stuff. And as I said, I love seeing my family have a smile on their face. So I love seeing my, my kids achieve what they want to achieve. And it's probably the thing I try and aim for is I, what I work hard every day. I want to work hard so my kids can have everything in life they want to have. So whether it's money or whatever it is, that I give them that opportunity to grow into whatever they want to be and um, that makes me happy. And seeing my wife, what is it, happy wife, happy life, but seeing a smile on my wife's face makes me extremely happy. And lastly, what are you really grateful for? Oh, probably my, well, one, my family. I think I'm really grateful that I you know, met Lisa and then I've got two magnificent stepkids and my own little daughter now and, and probably just the opportunities I've had in 
in life. My 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 mum and dad gave me every opportunity when I was young to you know they backed me to do whatever I wanted to do. But I'm just really grateful for the opportunities I've been given by people throughout my uh, work career and sporting career is just that they've given me an opportunity and I just really appreciate that and I've always been a big one and just make every post a winner. Yeah. I think we might just finish off with we are going to get some CEOs and some other leaders across all different industries to come and have a chat to us. Can you just give us a really brief explanation of the little challenge that you're going to be putting out to all of these leaders moving forward? Yeah, we're going to challenge them all because it's one thing to talk about it. The others is to really challenge them and put them on the spot. So what we're going to do is a HOSPO Leaders Challenge in November. It's going to be up at the Swisher Academy. So we're going to have a bit of fun. We're going to do some activities, probably shooting a bit of basketball, a bit of teamwork and a bit of problem solving. But mostly we're going to have a laugh and a bit of a joke at each other and get the competitive spirit out. But again, the main focus is going to be having a bit of a laugh. So each of our guests we get on here, I'm going to make sure that we get people focused. David Bartlett's been fantastic in offering up the Swisher Academy for us to go up there and have a look. And we're going to get people on there and challenge them as best we can. So with some of my guests going forward, we're going to get government officials, we're going to get you know, leaders of sporting organisations and other, uh, and other businesses out there to challenge and so basically get along so I think there's going to be a bit of a bit of the fighting spirit but also I know a couple of the people we're going to get on are going to probably challenge themselves to there's going to be a bit of rivalry is probably what I'm trying to say and I know that a lot of these leaders like to come out on top so it's going to be interesting to see on the day the thing we're going to do is have a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh and you know talk about I guess a serious issue. Yeah, and look, thanks everyone for listening. And um, I know Steve's got a very impressive lineup of of leaders that he has invited to come and, and join us. So thanks for listening, and thanks, Steve. Cheers. Look forward to it. The Hospo Health Program is brought to you by the Tasmanian Hospitality Association. I'm Sherry Ring. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, and I'll catch you next time.